Welcome to Backyard Oasis, a podcast designed by and for older adults living in the beautiful Pioneer Valley of Western Massachusetts and produced in the tech studios at Greenfield Community College in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Backyard Oasis reaches out to older adults who seek knowledge to help them live more thoughtfully, healthily, and happily who hope to inspire others with their ideas and who serve their communities in the interest of the greater good. We hope you join us frequently in our pleasant backyard oasis for wide-ranging conversations with a diversity of people who are growing older and want to talk about it. Hello, this is Chad for um, Oasis. Our program today is one in the series of podcasts for Oasis Backyard. Um, Today we have Jessica Gifford in our studio. She's a licensed social worker whose work focuses on helping people build stronger connections in their lives. She created the Project Connect program to provide a fun, easy way for small groups of people Uh, get to know each other, and develop positive relationships over the course of six sessions. Jessica offers facilitator certification training to individuals and organizations that want to run Project Connect groups and build connection. Over 10,000 people have participated in a group. So as I said, welcome, Jessica. Um, I thought one of the things we might do at the front end of today's show is, um, you know, develop the background, um, the field, or, or the system in which this whole idea of isolation is embedded. Um, you know, we've been on the planet for two million years, uh, and today, um, I think if we lick our finger and stick it up into the winds of um, elder services, this term has uh, become a, a hot, hot word in that, in that field today. Um, I like to think that, uh, again, after being on the planet to about two million years, um, that things were copacetic until recently. I think, uh, you know, uh, the neighborhood has uh, disintegrated a bit. Um, the extended family certainly has, and it's almost to the point where the nuclear family is um, is dispersed as well. Um, I have plenty of ideas of why that's uh, happening, um, but when I was growing up, um, you know, um, I grew up on the Mason-Dixon line, so grandma was the way we said it, and we actually had great-grandma in the house. Uh, She came and spent, I don't know, three to five years at our place, three to five at the cousins, and so on. Um, Even in my generation, I did take care of my grandmother in my parents' home. Um, She broke her hip, uh, and although we had moved from Baltimore, Maryland to Boston, Massachusetts 20 years earlier, it was time for her to uh, have a helping hand. So, you know, for me, um, the family is the building block of society. And um, so I think it's a good idea that 
the elder services industry is starting to look at isolation. Um, it's not only in that population because one-third of Americans live alone. Um, you add 10% to that, and that's what you come up with uh, for the elders, and that's growing in both populations. Um, so I'm glad you're able to come in today and talk about your program. Um, I don't want to be a blabbermouth, so let me give you a chance. Uh, can you give me a definition of isolation? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Or loneliness, because they don't always go together. No, they're 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 overlapping, but um, connected. Uh, so thank you, thank you for having me. I'm I'm happy to be here. Happy to be talking a little bit more about loneliness, but more importantly, about how we can build more connection yes. into our lives. And as you were saying. Um, uh, this is a an issue that is getting more media attention right now. It's it's something that um, has been kind of escalating over the past few decades. So, you know, you were talking about the two million years that we've been Family. on the yeah. on the planet. Thirty member um, tribe. Yeah, and we used to we used to live in tribes and small communities, and have become a little bit more and more isolated over time. So, in terms of isolation, that's typically defined as. Um, sort of who you're physically surrounded by. So not being in the physical presence of other people. So you mentioned more and more people living alone. So they could be experiencing social isolation if they're if they're homebound or if they're not getting out and, and doing social activities. So this is real people in society. This is not a monk in a cell somewhere up no, on a mountain. No, it's, it's, it's people, you know, everywhere. Many, many people feel isolated. Isolated. So, uh, yeah, I think you mentioned about a third of seniors live alone. Um, about a quarter of seniors, um, according to a survey by Cigna, feel socially isolated, which again is about contact with people. Loneliness, on the other hand, is more the subjective experience ah of not being satisfied with your relationships or your social life. So the feeling of disconnection. So yes. lots, lots of um, overlap there, but some differences. And in fact, 43% of people who are 60 and older feel lonely. So loneliness rates are actually higher than social isolation rates. Is there any way for someone to look at themselves and say, yeah, um, you know, my um, driveway is a mile long and out at the road there's nobody for three miles. Um, I don't feel isolated. How can I tell if I'm lonely? Yeah, so, so that person, if they're not, you know, if they don't have visitors, if they're not getting out, they would be socially isolated, but they might not feel lonely if they're maintaining great relationships with their family members or mm -hmm. with friends, either virtually or even just, mm -hmm. even if they're not having day-to-day -day connection, but they they feel connected because they know those relationships are still important to them and they still know that they're, they're cared for, that they're loved. And so, okay. so it's, a, it's, isolation is about sort of the day-to-day -day <laughs> contact loneliness is about the feeling. And so right. people would know just by kind of checking in with themselves about how they're feeling 
about their relationships. Are they having as much interaction as they want? Are the quality of those interactions mm. what they want them to be? Our confidants, for Yeah, instance. because yep. lots of times people interact, but they might be interacting in a superficial way where they're still not getting their emotional needs met. And yeah. so they might, they might feel lonely even if they're surrounded by, by people. I have an older friend who um, really only has relationships with the clerks in the stores. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. so it's a little limited. Um, you know, to me, it sounds like there might be some depression added to that um, loneliness. Um, you know, in older people, there might be some anxiety um, added to it from um, worry about about things. Mm-hmm. Um are you familiar with the UCLA loneliness uh, three pol- uh, three question loneliness scale? Yeah, so that's a scale that's used to assess loneliness, and it can either be a three question scale or the longer version as a twenty um, a twenty question scale. So it's kind of what is most commonly used to to measure loneliness. And I, I want to get back to something you said about yes. you know your friend who you know, their primary interactions are with clerks. clerks. And that actually can make a difference okay. to um, to loneliness and to mental health. So even those types of interactions, interactions with strangers are important um, and they have an impact, but also important are those closer relationships with, with friends and family, the confidant like that you I mentioned, yeah. which is you know, like the person or people that you can talk to about what is really going on in in your life and how you're mm-hmm. feeling about and it. Deeper relations. Yes. Yeah. So, um, one thing that I've I have been wondering, um, we studied um, this issue. Oh, geez, fifty years ago, um, we came at it from belongingness, mm-hmm. uh, mutuality, um, that end of it instead of uh, lonely and isolated. Um, Have you given any thought to the difference there? For me, it seems that isolation and loneliness is more about the individual, uh, more somewhat um, saying uh, there's a pathology or something there. Where belongingness, this is the issue, it's being with other people, is more from a kind of social uh, perspective and less um, um, labeling of, of pathology. So I would say belonging is also really important to mental health and, and well-being and to physical health. Um, but belonging is, you're right, it's, it's not necessarily that interpersonal one-on-one. It's like, do you belong to a particular group? And so it could be, the group could even be your family. Like, do you feel like sure. you belong in your family? Um, do you feel like you belong in your workplace, your mm-hmm. school, your, you know, where you volunteer? And so it's also a little bit different than like fitting in, but it's a sense of being valued by that group and feeling like you're able to be yourself in that group, that you're, that you're valued for who you are, that you don't have to kind of contort yourself and try to be somebody different in order to, to fit in or to be mm-hmm. liked or accepted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it also has a lot to do, I think, uh, um, 
being valued for for your con- your unique contribution. You know what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. That's great. All right, so we have um, an older individual that um, has thought to themselves, "I am isolated and lonely." Um, what kind of guidance can you give somebody like that? So I think um, it varies from from person to person, but thinking about what uh, you know, what that person's interests are, what they're looking for in terms of connection. Um, so I, I, I have uh, on my website I have a handout called the six the six S's of building connections. So there's different Hmm. things that you can think about when you're trying to build connection in your own life. And also when you're trying to help build connection, like within a, within a group or community. And some of them are, um, safety. Mm -hmm. So you need to feel a sense of trust with the other person or people that you're able to be yourself without being, judged or criticized or harmed Um, having some smaller group interactions so so Mm -hmm. if you're trying to make connections not necessarily going to huge community events or or parties those might be fun there might be great energy there but Mm -hmm. you're not likely to really get to know people in a setting you know that that's really big so so setting up ways that you can interact on a smaller scale um sustained over time so thinking about things where you're getting to know the same person or people over time and not just going to like a one-off um event having some structure and that that's particularly helpful for for introverts who you know might feel really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. just like showing up and mingling and having to make conversation but having a structure of there's an activity there's Uh, something that we're doing together there's a focus yeah men seem to need that more than women yeah, I think, um, I mean, An I think activity. both, but definitely I yep. think men uh, may feel more comfortable like doing something get together rather than we're, we're just going to talk and uh, make yeah. a conversation, share. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the other S's is self-disclosure or sharing. And so you could be spending lots and lots of time with somebody but if, if you're not sharing anything about yourselves, then it's going to be hard to really get to know each other. Here I'd like to interject my idea of uh, the bullseye. Um, what I mean by that is, um, you know, on the outside or, or um, people that you see, um, not even acquaintances really, a little closer in or are acquaintances, Uh, You might have an inner circle inside of that of friends. And then there's people in the bullseye that are really close, uh, family, uh, two or three uh, very close friends. And I think um, I'm more familiar with people who try to rush through those rings and pull someone in who's way on the outside. You mentioned the idea of time um, and consistency. Uh, So over time, uh, continue to do friendship maintenance. Mm-hmm. Check in with that person. Yes. There's letters, there's email, there's telephone calls, texts, all sorts of ways. And over time, they may move towards uh, a, a more inner circle 
folks may move from an inner circle outward. Um, but it's a thick, um, it's a thick uh, picture of um, an individual embedded in our society, our neighborhood, and 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 so on. Um, I think uh, personal disclosures, in and of themselves, can help move people further in. But it's uh, a, t- a thing of timing. <laughs> yeah. So time is also time is also very important, and actually. Um, what the research shows is that people who are closer to the end of their lifespan, their their time is a little bit more prioritized, so they're more likely to invest in those inner circles of connection mm, rather than, yes. you know, the 200 acquaintances mm-hmm. they have. So, so it kind of prioritizes investing time in the closer relationships. And that's true, I think, also when people are in times of crisis. So, so maybe during the pandemic, that was a time of kind of focusing on um, connecting with and maintaining your mm-hmm. inner circle of connections mm-hmm. rather than expanding outwards and meeting new people. All right. I think we got to the fourth S, was it, or the third? I think we got to the fifth S. Okay. So the last S is um, shared experiences, which just, you know, the, it's not mandatory, but when you have people who have common interests or shared values shared identity, um, that gives you common ground. So it gives you a place to to make conversation and to mm-hmm. relate to each other. And so that can really help accelerate connection. And you had mentioned just the importance of investing time in relationships, which yeah. absolutely you need to keep investing time to, to sustain relationships and keep them healthy. But um, I think you can speed up getting to know someone and connect with someone by um, focusing on some of these S's that I've covered and by, sure. by sharing about yourselves and, and, and things like that. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to take a huge time investment to get to a place of feeling comfortable with somebody and, and yep. feeling like you like each yep. other and want to spend time together. Very handy outline for us to look at. In fact, for those who wish, um, any URLs or, or um, links or, or other information uh, that we mentioned on the show today will be on the site with the, um, you know, the podcasts. Um, you can look there. Um, your pen doesn't have to keep up with the speed of our word. You'll be able to see it there uh, on the site. Yeah, so for people who want to download that and 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 look at the the six different s's and and have that um they're welcome to to visit my site in the free resources section of it great all right i see we're getting short on time i wonder um you know we haven't touched on on this project connect um i understand it's uh, nationally offered um so i'd like to give you a little time to talk about that Sure. So I created the Project Connect program five years ago because I was seeing these high rates of loneliness and people um, just having trouble connecting. And I think, you know, in the media, um, 
I think there's this idea of like friendship should just happen naturally, mm-hmm. organically. Mm-hmm. You know, and if be, it doesn't, there's something wrong with right, you. Right, <laughs> and if it doesn't, th- if you're lonely, there's something wrong with you. Or if you're not making friends, there's something no. wrong with you. And that's not true, and it's it's just not happening. And so I really wanted to create a way to just facilitate people getting to know each other and, and making those connections. And so the Project Connect program meets in small groups of about five or six people. Would this be through what? An employer or the YMCA? So, or um, so, so really anybody who's interested can get trained um, and certified to become a facilitator to lead groups. And so most of the groups right now are in schools, colleges, and workplaces, but they could be offered at a senior center, you know, at the library. They could be offered really anywhere where there's a, a trained facilitator who's mm-hmm. offering a group. And, mm-hmm. you know, any of the listeners who want to become facilitators can also look on my website and mm-hmm. get trained to become a facilitator. And so, you know, it's a peer, who, you know, who's trained, who's who's leading the group through a series of of conversation prompts and activities that just help them get to know each other Um, and so it's just meant to to make it fun easy more comfortable to connect because everybody's there for the same reason Um, I'm imagining something like this uh, by a town the town would offer this as a preliminary exercise to any kind of um, citizens participation um, effort, uh, such as a charrette, um, a townwide charrette, um, or, you know, open space technology, or any of the other um, world cafe, any of the other formats that are currently being used to engage citizens of the town in things like master planning, um, you know, um, decisions around financial planning for the town, and so on. Could you see it as a preliminary uh, exercise like that? I, I'm not getting a sense of the length of time that you'd be involved in Project Connect. So I'm not sure what a charrette is. So first well, just of all, different, what is that? <laughs> different um, group decision-making models. Okay. Um, uh, you know, strengthening c- citizens' participation in a process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How else could I describe it? So that's that's helpful. That's that's fine. So so the length of the program is six sessions, and it could absolutely uh, be offered. Uh, you know, like a town could train a group of facilitators mm-hmm. and then um, offer multiple groups to to people who sign up. But it the focus is really relationship building. It's okay. social, and so it's not. Um, uh, you know, there's not an agenda of we're trying mm-hmm. to get things done or do planning or things like that. But that said, I think when people have stronger relationships, it's much easier to work together oh, yeah. and get things done. So the bifurcated so, political process now, <laughs> us yes. and them. Yes. Okay. Well, um, again, I want to thank you for coming in today and speaking with us on uh, Backyard Oasis. And I wish you luck in your program. Uh, Don't forget, uh, anyone interested in uh, following up a little bit further is welcome to look at the literature we have on our site with the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Chad says goodbye. Thanks for having me.
This concludes today's podcast. We're always looking for new ideas, so feel free to reach out to Judy Raper, Associate Dean of Community Engagement at Greenfield Community College at 413-775-1819 if you have an idea you'd love to share. Special thanks to the creators of Backyard Oasis, Denise Schwartz, Chad Fuller, Dennis Lee, and Christine Copeland. Have a great day.